0: Well, hello, me Church. It is absolutely phenomenal to be here with you guys today. I am encouraged to be able to share some thoughts that I had with you. Um, I don't know if it's up yet. Oh, nope, it's not. Um, So the title of my lesson today is Blind Leader. Um, As Joe said, I am a campus intern. I have the incredible privilege of serving uh, college students and watching miracles happen in their lives. Every day, right now we're studying with about four different college students men who want to learn more about God and one of them is at the point where he wants to make Christ the Lord of his life and that is absolutely amazing to watch his transformation from beginning to end is wow there's nothing like it Um, so today I want to talk about blind leader but before I get into the sermon um, I want to pray because I strongly believe that if you pray incredible things happen so let's bow our heads and pray for a moment Uh, Lord God Almighty King of our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our strength, I pray, Lord, that we can feel your presence here today, that we can see it in your scriptures, that you can utilize me as a vessel, put me out of the way and just allow your word to shine true and allow us to be able to have soft hearts to understand what you're trying to get us to learn, the convictions you want us to lean into, and the way you want us to live our lives, God. Thank you for everything that you've done, for the, the way that you changed our lives, and for the way that you're changing lives right now, God. I look forward to seeing what you have in store for us. In your son's name we pray, amen. amen. Um, so f- blind leader, I think most of us have heard the saying, right, the blind leading the blind. Yeah. Is that a good thing? No, no right? <laughs> Normally when you hear blind leading the blind, you're like, I mean, That's probably not a good thing to do. Don't follow someone that don't know what they're doing. Like, mm, let's not. Um, But today, I kind of want to redefine that. I want to redefine that saying with some scriptures and some things that I have um, gleaned from the Bible. The first thing I wanted to um, clarify is leadership in itself. Uh, So there's two versions of leadership. There's formal leadership which is a position of authority like a CEO or a manager, a shift supervisor, their literal title says, hey, you're a leader. Um, And so we go and follow suit, and you go to your managers, you go to whoever is in charge of you, and you say, hey, here I am. I am here to do what you ask of me. Um, And so that is is a a position of formal leadership. Now, informal leadership is a little different. Informal leadership is a, a position that is basically assigned to you solely because you have a strong influence to those around you. You see these people like Gandhi. He didn't tell everyone, hey, follow me because I know all the wisdom of the earth. He didn't say anything like that. See, people followed him because he had such a massive influence on everyone around the world with the things that he was doing and his strong conviction. And so those are the two kinds of leadership. And one statement I want to make to you guys today is that you are a leader. Each and every person in this church is a leader. Uh, Regardless of whether you want to be or not, you are. Why? Because you have a sphere of influence that is around you at all times. Everyone around you is influenced by you. You see, we're, we're all creations of the environment that we're placed in, right? The way that we grow up, the people that we're around, that's what changes our lives to make us who we are. And I have the privilege of saying that for the last nine years, I've been part of the church, and that's why I'm here today, because God has done incredible things with me and my environment. If I wasn't in this environment, I'd probably be dead, to be completely honest with you, because my previous environment was that of drugs, women, drinking all the time, going out to parties, driving drunk constantly. I am actually astonished that I'm not dead. So it's a miracle that I'm here today, amen? Um, So the reason I call us all leaders is because everyone here wants to, if you're a Christian, you're wanting to follow Christ, you're wanting to put your life for him, you lead someone to God, you lead a Christ-like life, for the most part, obviously we're all sinners, so it's okay, Um, (laughs) you have God at the center of your family, if you have a family, if you're married, if you're a parent, you try to place God at the center of it, so you lead your family. And you have something of value to offer everyone around you. And that value is something I want to talk about. Um, 1 Corinthians in chapter 4, I have it right up here. It reads, this then is how you ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. I love this scripture. It's really short. I love that part. Um, and I also love that phrase, the mysteries God has revealed. See, it's not a mystery to everyone. That's a a thing that's been revealed to those that have decided to make Christ the Lord of their lives. It's not a mystery that we're like, I will never find it. Where is it? Where's Waldo? Um, you know, it's not one of those things where you have to search intently for it. It's a very basic mystery that you can find out if you just search just a little bit. If you just reach out your hand and try to know who he is. Um, That value that I was speaking about earlier, that is the mystery of God. The value that each and every one of us carries, that is the mystery of God. Your sphere of influence is part of the mystery of God. Your ability to be here today To say, hey, I'm here wanting to know more about Christ. That is part of the mystery of God. And isn't that incredible? Isn't that unbelievable, almost unreal to think about? And then it also says that we've been entrusted. We have been entrusted as leaders to take this message, this mystery that has been revealed to us, To those around us we have been entrusted to lead not to sit back and say i don't want to do anything i'm too scared it's too much my schedule it is full (laughs) right my kids are too much my marriage is too much this situation is way too much whatever it is that is never true because you have a mystery. You have a value. I want to continue to, um, to talk about this mystery. And uh, there's a scripture in John chapter 17. <coughs> sorry. John chapter 17 and verse 20 that I think puts it pretty eloquently. Um, it's almost like poetry in my opinion. Um, and it reads, Jesus prayed to God the Father. My prayer is not for the disciples alone. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. For those of you that are parents, think about how you loved your firstborn child. That moment that they came out of the womb and you looked at them and you said, wow. That moment where you deeply fell in love with them. That is how Christ was loved. That is how God loved Jesus. And that's how God loves you. Each and every one of us are his firstborn child. Each and every one of us have the opportunity to be loved beyond measure, beyond what we deserve by God. We don't deserve to be loved the way he is. He loves. And yet here we are. And so we're called to this standard to take this message and say, hey, everyone, here's the mystery. Look at me because I have incredible value. Look at this influence I want to make. Look at this treasure, this gold. Look at this incredibly precious gem that I have to offer for you. Look, I want this for you. I want something greater for you. this is the message that we bring to those who will believe. So that they can be united with the Lamb of God, with the Lord Almighty. And this unity drives the understanding of the love that God has for them. This is the reason that we are here today. In order to be able to reunite the lost children with the Father. Um, there's a, a, going back to that first scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, there's a very important word here. That word is servant. Um, see, the normal word that's normally used for the word servant is doulos, uh, which basically just means slave. Um, but in this one, I'm probably going to butcher it just to give you guys a heads up. This one was a lot more harder, a lot more harder, a lot more difficult than, uh, <laughs> than doulos. This one uh, is pronounced, I believe, Hyperitas, uh, something along those lines. I'll have it in another slide. <laughs> um, and so this is the, this word servant, and the meaning of this uh, of the word servant in this in this uh, occasion is an underlord. So if you think about the Roman times, when they had these big warships, they had different levels to them, and all the way at the bottom, near where the water is, the people that would die first. Yeah, those were the people that were able to navigate everything. And so they were actually probably the most important aspect of that ship. Yet they would die first. Ironic, isn't it? Um, So they're the most important aspect of that ship. And without them, they had no strategical advantage to win any kind of warfare, naval warfare. Um, And so that allowed them to make sharp turns to be able to gain an advantage over the ships around them. And the thing about this group is that there was one captain that headed that up. One person that told them, all, go to the right. Row this way. We're trying to go that way. And if any of them hesitated, even for just a small, tiny moment, they would probably die. Because in the heat of war, death is common. And see, this word, I think it's used intentionally. To display how we are in the heat of war. We are in a position where we are in constant fighting with everyone around us all the time. With Satan trying to come at us out of nowhere. With our own temptations that are always trying to stand in the way of the righteous things that we want to do. We're in war constantly. And if we don't listen to Christ. If we don't listen to God we die. That's the severity of this war. That's what I think he's trying to say. If we don't listen to God and do exactly what he tells us, death is imminent. And to me, I was like, ooh, I don't want to (laughs) die. Maybe I should do something different than what I'm doing, right? And so that breeded this idea of I should probably read the Bible a little bit. Um, <laughs> and that's how I came here, and I'm a, now I'm a disciple, amen? Uh, <laughs> and so now I, I want to share something. Uh, my life as a disciple, I want to share bits and pieces of that and where I am today. Um, so for me, uh, a lot has happened in the t- my time as a disciple. A lot of big things, a lot of small things, um, a lot of difficult times. Um, But if you were to look at, from the society's point of view, were to look at my life, you would think that I was kind of a failure. Let's look at the facts. I am living at my mom's house. I am not married. I have not finished school. I uh, do not have a career job yet. And so by every respect, they're like, what are you doing with your life, man? What have you done for the past 10 years? And for a long time, that's how I felt. I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> like, did I just sit on my hands and just be like, oh, look, life is going. <laughs> uh, you know, like, was I just watching a movie or something? Like, what happened? Right? And then recently, which is what encouraged me to start thinking about this lesson, I was thinking more about what I was doing. What was happening. And it, it brought me to this. Um, I don't think I wrote the scripture. My bad. Uh, wow oh no I did oh amen Um, (laughs) so it reads for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate where is the wise person where is the teacher of the law where is the philosopher of this age Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to those who believe. Click. (laughs) Who believed? Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. You see, in that time, I was helping men and women become disciples. In that time, I was focusing and trying my best to become a man and an offering to God. In that time, I was pursuing righteousness. And don't get me wrong, I have an abundance of flaws. I could be here for like six years telling you about my flaws, Mm -hmm. right? So I did do a lot of things wrong. Don't get me wrong on that. But there were also a lot of things that happened to me that were out of my control. That put me at a disadvantage in the eyes of society. And so I focused on what I could. I focused on the most important, which is building up my ability to be righteous in the eyes of God. That was my goal. And so in my eyes, when I look at the life that I've lived uh, as a disciple, when I look at that, I am proud. Because at every moment, at every turn, when I had opportunities to grow exponentially in the eyes of society, I decided to stay with God. I didn't pursue that because I said, if I do that, I know I'm not going to be a disciple. I'm not going to follow God if I try to go pursue football. I'm not going to follow God if I try to pursue any kind of sport. I'm not going to follow God if I try to pursue a career that's going to take all my time and investment. I'm not going to follow God if I do anything else of where, aside from where I'm at right now. God is the priority. And with that, faith is required. With that, we need more than what we see in front of us. And so with that, I also want to share another story about this man named Tim Nab. It's a phenomenal name. Just kidding, it's not. Um, so <laughs> this guy was blind. He was born blind. They actually had to remove his eyes and put some glass eyes up in his little eye sockets. Um, and so he had glass eyes for basically his whole entire life. Um, and now when you normally hear about blind people, the normal thing you think about is, oh, they're gonna run into a wall, because uh, they can't see, you know? <laughs> That's generally what you think, because they're blind, uh, hence the saying, blind leading the blind. <laughs> um, so this man was kind of unique. He was a, he's a big forerunner for the blind community, actually, because uh, he's one of the few people that can live a completely normal life, go hiking in very dangerous areas. He knew how to ride a bike, actually, and could write it like, oh, he wrote it to, to everywhere in LA, he wrote it everywhere all the time. He actually was on the news for a while as a, basically a circus act uh, because he could ride his bike and he was blind. What he did was he would click, but he did it significantly faster than I can because I'm not blind, uh, so I don't need it. Um, but we can all actually do that. We can all click and understand our surroundings. So the way I understood it was because of his click, it goes out, and he has a sphere, not literally this big, because that you can't do anything like that, but in essence, if there was a person in the middle, it'd be this big, right? Whereas for us, with vision, we have a sphere like this big, right? And so he lived a phenomenal life because he had reactions to be able to live in this sphere. He lived his life like this, and was able to trust that his sonar would help him out, right, and this got me to thinking, What about God? How does that fit into play? And in a lot of ways, I think we're a lot like Tim Nabb. We have a sphere this big, whereas God has a sphere this big. And so when we're living our life, you're blind. I don't know if you knew that, but let me tell you, you're blind. (laughs) I am here to reveal the truth. That is one of the mysteries. Um, So we are all blind when we live our lives. And without God, without the reliance on God, the King of our hearts, we have no ability to live a life. See, there's no purpose without Him. And that's why I labeled this lesson a blind leader. Because if you're not blind, if you don't accept that fact, you're never gonna get anywhere spiritually. Because you're too prideful and arrogant to admit that God is significantly higher than you. And if that hurts, I'm sorry. But I'm also not. Um, so I want to I wanna convince us today that we're blind and we need God to lead our lives in order to see the big picture. Because I didn't see this big picture of what was happening in my life until now, which is like nine years since I became a disciple. I didn't see the big picture of dating that incredible woman right there until probably like a year ago. Uh, no, a little more. Uh, <laughs> until like couple, a couple couple years ago. Um, I had no idea. See, when I got baptized, I was like, I'm going to be alone all my life. I, I'm, I'm going to be lonesome. I should become a eunuch. Um, you know? Like, I was, I, that's what I thought. I was in a place where I was like, what am I going to do? Because I thought I was undeserving of love. I thought, I don't, I can't, no one can do this for me. No one can love someone like me. And so because of that, I thought, I deserve loneliness. And then God had a bigger vision than the blindness that I had. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And each and every one of you, I'm sure if I talk to you, you have a story like that. You have a story where you realized I'm kind of blind. And I need more. I need more understanding. So this brings me to the, the last scripture I want to share. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 8. It see. It reads, For at one time, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. This is by far one of my favorite scriptures. Because this is truth. And this is a command. We were all once darkness. Not in darkness, but literal darkness. And then God revealed the mysteries that he had and said, hey, here is life. So let us today, starting today, walk like the most righteous children of God that the world has ever seen. Let's change the world the way God had intended. Because he wants to make the, a light of the world. And he wants to make it shine. Amen. And to God be the glory.